God, we do praise you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for all that you've done for us and continue to do for us. God, for the things that we, uh, that we are joyful about, God, we lay them at your feet and give thanks. For the things that are troubling us or that we are struggling with, the burdens that we carry in here, God, we lay them at your feet and know that you care for us and know that we can trust you with them. I pray that you would meet us here and, um, and remind us of your goodness, remind us uh, that you go before us, that you know all things, that we can put our trust in you, even when we can't see the end, even when we can't see um, out of our circumstances. You see all things, God, and you see us and you love us. Help us to remember that as we uh, go through our week. And, uh, and I pray that in, in these moments that we have, that uh, you would speak to us, that, that we would be open to hearing your voice, God. I pray that uh, we would leave here changed by, by who you are and by your faithfulness to us. Remind us of that, God. Remind us of the story. We praise you, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. So I've, I've got a question for you. Who in this room uh, went to both the football game yesterday and the volleyball game last night? You went to both of them. Did anybody do that? How many of you watched the football game and the volleyball game? Yeah. Well, that kind of plays into the question we're going to address this morning, which is, how do you define success? How do you define success? Um, Is success an individual thing? Is success about how much money I have, what kind of status I have, where I live, the kind of lifestyle I have? Is that what success is? Is success maybe more about community, that I have a good family, that I am well-respected in the community? Um, we have all different ways of defining success, but the Bible is pretty clear on what success looks like, and it has a lot of layers to it. Jesus asked this question, what does it profit a person by gaining the whole world and losing their soul? So obviously there's something about success that deals more than just with, with gaining the whole world and what the world has to offer. And Jesus in the Bible talked about spiritual success, relationship with God. It talked about internal success, the development of Christ-like character. And it talks about relational success with one another. And that's kind of where we're landing with this series of the one-anothering. How do we become successful in the eyes of God and toward one another as we relate to each other. It's about relational success. And the Bible speaks to both the positive things and the negative things when it comes to how we relate. It says love one another, but it also says do not bite or devour one another. Well, I think that's a pretty good thing, that we wouldn't become cannibals toward one another. But the uh, way we live needs transformation. Just like our our relationship with God needs transformation, our character needs transformation, so does how we relate to one another need transformation. And on page 1137 in the Bibles in front of you, 
And uh, if you're on a device, it's Romans chapter 12, verses 1, 2, and 7. This is kind of the anchoring passage for this series. And Paul wrote this. It's not going to be on the screen. It says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed, be changed, become something different than who you are. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will, his logical will. And down in verse 7, as he's trying to apply this truth, he says, if it is serving, then serve. And so we're going to look this morning about serving. And Jesus set a new standard for how you relate to God, yourself, and one another. And this is one of his defining statements in Mark chapter 10, 45. He says, For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Of all the layers of success that the Bible defines, this is a very clear layer. It's, it's clear that, that Christ came not to please himself, not to serve himself, but to serve God and to serve other people and to give his life as a ransom for many. And he just didn't talk about it. He did it. He washed the feet of those disciples, serving them. And then he went to the cross and died for them. In 1975, it was Coach Osborne's second year. And I was sort of the quasi-chaplain for the team and for a group of coaches. And we would gather early one morning a week for Bible study. And we were going through a Bible study guide uh, called the Handbook of Athletic Perfection, a training manual for Christian athletes by a man named Wes Neal, who worked with Athletes in Action. And for several weeks in those early morning studies, we would open the Bible, we would open that study guide, and we would talk about the various issues that came up. We looked at attitudes. We looked at discipline and training. We looked at competition. And we looked at success. And one day that I recall very clearly, we were discussing success. And we put these two verses side by side. 1 Corinthians 10.31. It says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And that's our motivation. That everything we do, we do to the glory of God. That God would be pleased. That the light would shine on him. And then the second verse, Mark 10, 45. For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as a ransom for many. And that was our action plan. So that morning we talked about our motivation. 
and we talked about our action plan. And that morning, it all clicked for that group of coaches. As Christian coaches, they began to understand, and they bought into the idea that our job is to glorify God by serving our guys and serving our opponents. We serve our guys by training them to offer the very best of themselves in every area of life. And we serve our opponents by offering our very best to them on the given day when we have a contest. It brings out the best in them. That's what competition is supposed to do. And it was determined at that meeting among those coaches that the ultimate determination of what is success was not the scoreboard. We can have a W on the scoreboard and actually have an L when it comes to the game because we didn't put in maximum effort, not enough attention to details, maybe not a sportsmanlike attitude. And the discussion swirled. You can imagine these men that have given their lives to athletic performance and athletic perfection how they jumped into this and connected with what Jesus and what the Bible was saying. And then Tom said this. He said, well, you know, I really believe that serving our guys and giving all that we have to them for the glory of God is the big win. Then he paused thoughtfully. And with his dry humor, he said, now, how can we convince the alumni that that's true? (laughs) Well, Jesus glorified God by serving his disciples, and he serves us every day. He served them by teaching them, by being an example to them, by correcting them, by encouraging them, by casting vision for them, by praying for them, and by dying for them. And that's what Jesus did, and as followers of Jesus, that's what we do as we live in life and we coach people in our lives. I'm going to speak to a minute to the parents here that you are the coaches in the lives of your children your coaches in the lives of your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. And speaking of that, 11 days ago, Mary and I became great-grandparents. Now, I don't know if we're going to live long enough. I don't know if we'll live long enough to coach this little girl, Salah. Uh, Her name means rest, which I think is what her parents were hoping for after she was born. And she's delivered so far, so far so good. But what a privilege to be able to coach people in our family through all the generations. What a privilege to be able to coach the people that God puts around us by serving them and laying our life down for them. And so you will glorify God in your family by teaching them, being an example to them, 
by correcting them, by encouraging them, by casting vision for them, by praying for them, and by sacrificing for them, just as Jesus did for you. It's serving them to become the very best than that they can be. It's really hard to put all this into perspective. Years ago, I was discipling a guy. This is like 30 years ago. You don't know the guy, so don't try to guess. He's not sitting next to you. I can just say that. He was a success at work. He had money. He had the respect of his peers. And he put out a beautiful Christmas card of his family. But he was a failure at home. And I was digging into his life. I figured out that his idea of family was that he was the king in the castle. Which meant that when he came home, he was the king and everyone else was a serf. Everyone else was a servant. And he, when he came home, he expected everything to revolve around him. He didn't come to his family to serve, but he came to be served. And because of that, no wonder that his marriage was disintegrating around him. I asked him once, when you're out on the road, uh, how often do you call your wife? He said, never. This is before cell phones. You had to make an effort to call your wife then, but I never do. And sometimes he was gone for a week or two at a time. And as we dug into the word together, he realized that his home was not his castle, but his home was his Calvary. It was not a place where he came to be served, but a place where he came to die. And he had to place his life in a position to die to himself for the sake of his wife and his dear children. Well, he began to repent and change, and he began to see things differently. He saw a new responsiveness in his wife. He saw opportunities to make an impact on his children. And several months after practicing being a servant at home, he said something to me. Now I'm going to pause here and just say we don't do any elbowing here or at home. We don't do any uh, eye rolls or, you know, a side eye for my next comment of what he concluded, okay? That's the ground rule. But he said... I was just a selfish pig. Yeah. See, serving takes one of the rarest commodities on earth. Time and humility to serve. You have to have both of those components to serve. Time and humility. And you may think, well, I don't have the time for that. But the truth is, you don't have time to not do that. My mom and dad were some of the hardest people in the whole world. They ran a mom-and-pop grocery store in the 50s and 60s before the big chain stores came. Dad regularly put in 12 hours a day. And mom didn't work there till I was in junior high. The only thing I remember dad doing at home was he mowed the lawn and took out the trash. 
Everything else was on mom. He ate, slept, and watched TV. That's how I knew him. He ate, slept, and watched TV. He wasn't there, but I really needed him. He was absent. He was providing for the family as best he could. He had an eighth grade education. And uh, he was doing all he could do. But he wasn't there. Well, when I started high school, I started working at the grocery store. You know, a family store. And I saw Dad in a different light. At the store, he was the ultimate servant. He would do things that are unimaginable today of someone in a grocery store. He would deliver groceries to disabled and elderly people, carry them in, and put them in the refrigerator and on their shelves. He was a hard worker, and he did this for no tips, just thank yous. But if I had not worked at that store, I would have never known what a servant he was. Because he wasn't that at home. Well, when I got married, guess what my default was? You know, monkey see, monkey do, yeah. And uh, I had to repent of my selfish pig ways. And one day I said to Mary, uh, what do you really dread when it comes to home maintenance? And she thought, and she said, well, cleaning the toilet and taking care of the floors. And I don't know what got into me. It must have been Jesus. (laughs) But I said, I'll take care of that. And so if you come to our house and the toilets are scummy and the, the floors are crummy, that's on me. And I just want to say to all of you men here and to the people watching online, Come on, man. Come on. Your home's a place where you come to die for other people. Galatians 5.13 says this. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Wow. Serve one another humbly in love. That talks about our motivation in love and our action plan. Humbly. Humbly. See, serving one another is practical. You serve other people according to how they want to be served, not according to how you want to serve. That's the humbly part. Someone else determines what serves them. A number of years ago, we had some neighbors move next door to us who uh, were from Minnesota. And uh, as my practice, I have a snow blower. Uh, when the snow came, I'm out doing sidewalks, both sides of our house, the neighbors, and, and blowing, and And I thought, well, they're new here. I'm just going to do their driveway. And so I'm going up and down their driveway with the snowblower, and I see them at the window waving, and I wave back. And, 
And I, I felt pretty good about myself, right? It's kind of like, I serve my neighbors. Well, a few days later, one of them came over and said, uh, hey, thanks so much for, for the snow blowing and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. He said, uh, you know, we're from Minnesota, and we like doing that ourselves. <laughs> and I thought, that must be a Minnesota thing. And uh, I said, well, okay, my feelings were a little hurt, like I didn't get my merit badge. And um, so the next time it snowed, I watched these people. They came out like machines. (laughs) Everyone in the family had a snow shovel. And they had it cordoned off. Everyone had their space that they were going to do. It was just beautiful. It was like somebody raising a barn, you know. And... uh, and I learned, not the first time, not the last, that we serve people according to how they want to be served and not just according to how we want to serve them. You see, serving is about putting the needs of others ahead of your own needs. It's putting what people want ahead of what you want. And when there's something to be done, maybe you could do it faster and cheaper and better. But that may not be serving them. For a number of years, we had students live in an apartment in our basement. And when they moved in, part of our, our goal as Christian coaches, and it was, probably, it was usually just young men, we would try to coach them in how to be servants around the home. How do you be observant? How do, you do, how do you learn to do something without being asked to do something? Okay? And so that was one of our teaching objectives of people who would come and live in our home, training objectives. And so there were a couple of guys living in the basement. I don't remember who they were. But they were two of the most unobservant people I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> And uh, the trash would literally be overflowing, and they would not see it. And uh, I got this idea from a friend in Florida. And so what I did once, and they lived in the basement, I took the brown paper bag of trash, and I set it on the steps going downstairs, thinking they will see that. Well, I was wrong. Because one day went by and they would just step around it or step over it to get upstairs. And uh, my friend gave me this idea. I've got some tape and I taped a $5 bill on the outside of that trash bag. And so they're climbing up the stairs. The first guy upstairs says, hey, did you know there's a $5 bill in that trash? And I said, oh, you noticed Yeah, I said, well, that $5 bill's mine, but there's a lesson here. He said, really, what's that? I said, you only see what's important to you. And what was important to you was $5. But the trash has been sitting there two days, and you stepped over it, which means that that $5 is more important to you than the people 
who live in this house. And so that's called a little correction, don't you think? And uh, honestly, as I think back, I'm not sure that story made a big difference to them. (laughs) But I was sure happy to be able to deliver that story to them. (laughs) Well, serving is not easy. It's very costly. I'm going to ask the band to come back and to uh, prepare to lead us as we close. Uh, This month, we're really emphasizing serving, if you hadn't gotten the picture of October Serve. And uh, we're encouraging us to think about, how can I really lay my life down and serve the people around me? And I would suggest that today you start with your family, that your family would be the ones that you focus on, that you'd begin serving there and then concentric circles out from there as the Lord leads you. We're asking you to take your eyes off your own needs and what you want to do and to consider other people's needs and what they want to do. And there are so many ways you can do this. You can do it personally. You can do it as a family. You can do it as a small group community. Um, And the Keysock board out there, people have listed a number of things. You ought to just stop by there and just look at what people have have been willing to put up there to say, yeah, I, I did this. And some of them, I can tell by the handwriting, are kids who've done something. So I'm thinking the children are leading us as usual, that they're the ones really wanting to serve and get involved. But I encourage you to think yourself of how can I not be a selfish pig this week? How can I really put the needs of others ahead of my own needs at work, in my home, wherever I go? And uh, so here's how I'm going to close, and this is kind of my definition of success today. How do I define success? Humbling serving others for the glory of God. Humbling serving others for the glory of God. Brett's going to talk about some ways that uh, we can serve people.